Hey everyone, welcome back to In It For The Long Haul. I'm Lexi. And I'm Zeke. And we are excited to jump right in with you for week two, which honestly really feels like week one since barely any of the guys went home. Yeah, and since in the first episode, they apparently didn't talk to more than half (laughs) of the men that were there. A new record. (laughs) Twice as many bachelorettes, half as many men talked to. Well, it makes you at least hope optimistically that they talked to for um, longer with the men that they did talk to. That seems like that must be what happened because there's only like one or two more. I mean, 32 men total. I think that in prior years, you know, you're talking, I think there was a year with 31, a season with 31 people. Probably. Um, But yeah, no, I think it's just surprising that they couldn't manage at least one of them to talk to more, you know, at least half. Yeah. Or all, but like, I feel like there's always like a couple guys that get left out and they get sent home because they didn't have a chance to talk to them or they're like not particularly attractive. Well, now the joke's on them because they don't get as much uh, one-on-one time with any of the guys in the second episode since there's... Um, so many of them there yeah there's 29 men what was your first impression rose for this episode are we doing that again this year of course ezekiel well, we didn't do it last episode well <laughs> there's a time for everything well and everything in its time uh so is this i have to remind me how this works is this a person or thing that i'm giving the rose to or is this just no this is just your first impression of the episode okay <laughs> I just was clarifying, and for any new listeners, you know, they don't know what that is. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I would say that my first impression of this episode would be that they need to figure out how it's going to work, because there was some stuff that happened this episode that you're just kind of like, what? That doesn't make sense, because there's two bachelorettes. Don't you know the old Shakespearean quote, love thrives in chaos? I have never heard that. Because <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> That's no, why. I agree. It needs more structure, but I doubt we're going to get it. I think that each episode might feel like a different style completely. Yeah, coming up with different ways that they can see their six-pack abs. True. That's Even all if they it's raining, care yeah. about. That's was it, I assume Gabby is the one that said that. No, they both are always talking about the physical features yeah. of the men. So shallow. Both of them. The worst. My first impression, Rose, is that this season feels so casual almost. Mm. Like their first date is at the mansion. Not even like a. Well, it's because it was raining. I well, but. They could have taken they could have taken vans to a theater or a gym. Like even on the quarantine seasons, it was still kind of special ish because they were at resorts and they could like create different scenes and setups throughout the property. But I've never seen anything exclusively at the Bachelor Mansion, especially for a first group date. And not even like at the pool in the Bachelor Mansion. We're talking basic living room date. 
And so yeah. it just um it just felt very casual. The whole thing feels chill. I mean, they're invited back to Gabby and Rachel's house after the first group date and we'll get to that, but it's just such a different feel than previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cuz all of the relationships feel super casual still, which makes sense. We're only a few days in. But also since there's so many guys, you can't really get deep. Um, you know, even after a few conversations, it, it seems like everything is just pretty chill. I don't, it doesn't feel like we're on track for a proposal is what I'm saying. Yeah. At this point, who knows? Um, you know, I think, I don't know if I said it in an episode, but I remarked, maybe it was just when you're watching the premiere, something about how the men don't stay at the mansion or how like the contestants don't stay at the mansion. They like take them off somewhere else. Um, But I was wrong about that. They have like bunk beds all set up in the mansion. And this kind of uh, became very apparent when that they've never had 29 people before because supposedly, obviously who knows how true this is, but supposedly there were guys that had to sleep on the couch this first night. There wasn't enough bed. There weren't enough beds for all of all 29 of them. Yeah, people were sleeping Crazy. on the pool furniture. Yeah, like, who was that? Was that freaking Logan? Yeah, Logan <laughs> slept outside. It's Crazy. just, it's wild and total chaos in the kitchen when they open on the breakfast scene. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. That would be stressful. I could I not handle that. Would have to send myself home. This is a toxic environment. <laughs> oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Um. So yeah, they they need to devise a way to see to see some abs, um, even though it's raining outside. Strangely, in California, it never does that. Um, but yeah, so it's they're just gonna have a pageant and make them wear speedos. Wow, what? How original? <laughs> How could they do this when Yosef's kids are watching <laughs> at home? How could they? How dare they? It's just honestly dis tasteful yeah one of my favorite things about this show is when they um is when they do the little like job the fake jobs where they put the person's name and age and then underneath it instead of putting their job they put something funny um there was a moment where quincy was like getting on his getting on his speedo um and or thong or whatever whatever they were um and he was you know talking about like oh man like i never do this sorry mom sorry dad Sorry, everyone. And under his like name, it said totally does this all the time. <laughs> oh, for sure. That was that was great. Such great timing, ABC. Cheers. You win an Oscar this time. Yeah. But this like quote unquote date activity really, I don't know. Like we've seen it before. They like wearing their robes. They take them off to reveal their most of them very ripped, beautiful bodies, whatever. And the women both like it, of course, and are oogling them. Jesse is there for some reason. Okay, the host is never there. And he was like sitting off to the side too. Right, unless they're serving as like a judge or some sort of facilitator, which he wasn't. And so I'm like, Jesse, man. He just literally had like a chair off to the side. (laughs) He wasn't interacting with the leads. I mean, I guess he can appreciate the... (laughs) <laughs> the male form. The male form. It's like a museum. It's like a Greek statue. He's like, oh man, this takes me back 30 years. <laughs> Poor um, guy. But yeah, they supposedly had some talents. They had 
like questions that the women asked some of them we yeah. really didn't see a ton no there's too many men yeah some we hi- saw like six of them some highlights though we right. saw meatball douse himself in a jar of marinara sauce yes i really hope that he makes it deep and that his actual name is not uttered again on the season i don't even remember it at this uh, point neither do i and i don't care to his name is meatball Meatball. because they're referring to them him as meatball did i not tell you that the next two episodes there was going to be some sort of meatball quip involved in his Mm. presence and here we go we've got one check mark for this episode honestly it happened twice because he talks about it during the talent and then the extra after scene scene, yeah he's eating meatballs with (laughs) rachel and gabby so check mark one for lexi we'll see if we can get another meatball nostradamus over here performance next week um well one would hope if when you have a character named meatball it's his entire thing you know but yeah it's great my next favorite moment was chris saying that he comes out bouncing a basketball and he's like boys get some rhythm with me clap when i bounce it stomp when i push it up and i'm like what's going on and it didn't even sound like a good beat it wasn't even like we will rock you and then he goes this was the perfect talent choice because i can illustrate all my three passions sports music and leadership someone tells you they're passionate about leadership just run Literally, literally, and keep them out of politics, please. Mm. So, uh, Chris, yeah, I, I just, and honestly, even if sports, music, and leadership are your passions, this strange basketball dance isn't the way to show it, honey. It just didn't work. Yeah. But the... So, I don't know. There wasn't really anything else notable. Um, oh, Johnny had a good moment where... They asked him which of them he would kiss if he had to choose, and he totally cheated and said, uh, do I have to choose? And they're like, LOL, no. And But he made a good move, and instead of kissing them both uh, on the mouth, he kissed them on the cheek, which was pretty smart, because you don't want to be second in that situation. No, definitely. At least I assume. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like at this point, don't you think that every time anything happens... um like as a group like uh, the guys hug each of them or whatever it's like the not only do maybe the other guys like have thoughts running through their head but Rachel and Gabby probably like how could they not be overthinking every move and thinking he hugged her first or he made more eye contact with her like it's just hard to not be in the comparison game 24 7 in my opinion yeah i mean they're kind of set up for it though so um we'll have to see how long this actually lasts maybe we won't even get a full season <laughs> well after this fabulous pageant in the bachelor mansion living room uh six winners were chosen to join the girls for a casual hangout at their house did they it, did they go there yeah uh-huh huh. Avon, Logan, Brandon, Jason, Johnny, and Colin. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's 
you know, good to be chosen um, for the after party, especially when there's 29 men and you're one of six, you really increase your odds. Um, but Chris is just, this was his episode. He was the villain of the episode and really, you know, got it started with the obnoxious, like overconfidence that sometimes guys do at the beginning. Uh, and he basically said, oh yeah, the women, they're more confident in their connection with me. Like, you know, if they want to talk to you guys, cause they don't know, they, they need to talk to you guys any more time. Like I'm good. Yeah. It was not. You know, just the type of thing that's like, what are you doing? Like, you're just going to make the guys not like you. You just got to play it cool, not talk yourself up in front of the other men. Well, seeing as he's a mindset coach, maybe this is a part Mm. of his tactics. Mentality. Mentality. Mentality coach. He is trying to get into a good mentality about this. That's true. That's true. That's kind of his whole shtick. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, so. I don't know. There wasn't like a ton that happened in this after party. I think we just started to get some more of the dynamic. Um, I think Rachel didn't like Jason very much. Um, And then kind of after she has a dead conversation with Jason, she walks in on Gabby and Johnny having a little kiss make out. Um, And then she's just like, we get this montage of her sitting through these like polite conversations with the guys who maybe they have, she hasn't talked to them yet already. And this is her first conversation with them, but they're talking about like Harry Potter. uh, And I think it's, I think it's Colin who's talking about how much he just loves to listen to Harry Potter on audible. Um, Which, Uh. Hey, if you like Harry Potter, that's a good move. You got to shoot your shot. Maybe you're going to find a shared connection with Harry Potter, but clearly Rachel's not a Potterhead. Some major nerd vibes going on. Yeah. Um, from him, poor guy. And also cut your hair. <laughs> Who was it that was talking about um was it Brandon, our our resident hall on this show, who was talking about having been uh to almost every state, but then he had fourteen left to go? <laughs> yeah. That is not almost every. Well, it's I'd say you can say more almost more than the average. How many Oh states? for sure has the average person gone to well probably like 10 at most yeah. if that but if you're gonna say almost all you have to have like f- maybe five or fewer it's like you haven't been to you know the ones that no one's been to like alaska Hawaii, i wonder if he's been to Maine. missouri missouri let's see where's he from these are big questions i want to know let's see where's he from we gotta go look oh no i'm clicking on the wrong things ah oh he's from california so maybe maybe not maybe Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just kind of some, we're getting some Rachel feeling insecure moments here, which is a theme that may- maybe they've been threading through this season so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's some guys that we've heard say on camera that they're here for Rachel, but nobody's really said it to her in person yet. And she walks out of the conversation with Jason, who says that he's going to just pretty much pursue Gabby. And she feels like, well, no one's here for me then, officially. And that's not the case, but she just doesn't know it yet. Right, right. But she does finally get her moment with Logan. Um, They have a good conversation, seem like some good chemistry. uh, And they kiss, so she's feeling a lot better. But then Logan kisses Gabby. Yeah, but then we see right after 
how he it was I think that was one where it was like they had like this an awkward pause in the conversation and so they just, they just resolved the awkward pause with a kiss which I guess is a move um it's one so way to do it Logan seems like he's trouble I know well this same thing happened last week where it was immediately back-to-back cuts of conversations with Logan and uh each woman and I don't know if that's just the editing from the producers or if he really like gets everything done back to back at some point throughout the night well, and then just chills. Right. I mean, I'm sure that he is being um proactive in getting to go talk to them. Um and I think he has the you know, the character going for him where he is really like kind of playing into it. But yeah, of course probably he didn't talk to them back to back. They just edit it that way. Um, but I really think probably he's going to cause some some big drama further down the line. Like, he seems like he's going to go pretty deep um, and be kind of wishy-washy about which woman he wants. Well, here's a thought about his strategy. Since there are two opportunities for him to stay every week, he's casting a wide net yeah, oh, at the smart. beginning. Smart strategy. But then you have to start going in on one, but at what point... Is it most advantageous for not only your relationship, if you are actually trying to find love, but two, your chances of getting to a point in the season where you are actually like getting more one-on-one time with people and like just not going home too prematurely. Like what's that sweet spot for him to try to choose which girl he's gonna pursue and I don't I don't know because this is a totally new thing I also don't think that that strategy is really conducive to falling in love like if you are so easily able to cast a wide net for several episodes just to keep yourself around like are you actually falling for either woman or could get to a point where you're ready to get engaged I don't know. His intentions just kind of seem murky. Yeah, I mean, that's the big question is kind of the timing of when do you... Because I I agree it's the smartest thing to try to curry favor with both of them. Um, But then, yeah, you do have to commit because otherwise you're going to be kind of caught, you know, holding the ball. Or it could bite you in the butt um, before you even have a chance to choose which woman you want to pursue because they might get upset at you for playing um, the field. That's true. You know? but And we did kind of have a moment near the end of this time where um, they kind of, Rachel and Gabby, were, you know, getting together and um, chatting about how the night was going or how it had gone. Uh, And Rachel reveals that, or tells Gabby that she and Logan had kissed, but Gabby... Or at least we don't see Gabby tell Rachel that. Um, right. It, so she I holds don't know. It back. Or, or they cut it out for drama because yeah. it didn't seem like they, I don't know. And Rachel also doesn't tell Gabby that Logan's basically the only guy there that she vibed with. So she wants to give the group date rose, her group date rose to Logan. Um, right. And it makes it seem like to us that she wants to give him the rose because they kissed but I think it would have been helpful for Gabby to know that like yeah they kissed but also she didn't vibe with anybody else so even if 
Gabby also felt it with Logan. If she connected with other guys, she should um, be okay with giving her group date rose to another solid connection of hers that's there because Rachel for sure only wants to give it to Logan and no one else. There's no other options right. for her, but there could be other options for Gabby. And I just don't know how forthright she was about that because it's kind of an embarrassing thing to say and she was feeling insecure about it. Right. Did we see any conversation with her and Johnny at this after part? Um, Because he seems like he's kind of trying to go for both. I don't think they talked. Yeah, I don't think we saw it. No. But um, Rachel does give her roast to Logan and Gabby gives hers to Johnny. No surprises there. Nope. But now it's time for the one-on-one. Um, the date card comes and it's for Jordan V. I surprise, hope that surprise. drum roll sounds good on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure it'll sound okay. Uh, but it's for Jordan V. And love is in the air. Mm, in the air. Wow. Airplane. And it's from Rachel. So I thought they were going to go on a nice flight. But it was a much better, exp- it was a much cooler thing. Um, you know, after they take their ride in their old-timey car um they show up at the you know at the um airport and they're gonna go on a zero gravity plane that looks so cool super expensive expensive. yeah it's like eight thousand dollars not gonna happen per person i want there to be a opportunity to do that on earth well is you mean on the ground yeah (laughs) you kind of need the to be in the air Ugh, so I just counteract I feel gravity. like scientists are gonna invent this, but it's still gonna be probably several thousand. Probably. So I'm never gonna do it. You should just go to space. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos, the president of space. I can't live under his rule. Jeff Bezos, Elon. <laughs> nah, nah. Elon's the Jeff has been more times than Elon. Well, but he's not gonna go to the moon first, or I mean to Mars first. Elon is. We'll see about that. Uh, it's going to happen. Not if Twitter extorts him for all his money. <laughs> or if he goes, to, apparently he could go to jail. Oh, anyway. Okay. That'd be crazy. Listen to our tech podcast for more information about this. Yes. Um, or maybe we'll just have a new segment where we talk about <laughs> Elon and Jeff. <laughs> and best buds in space. Wow. Finding love with money. Wow. The Bachelor in space. The, the bi- Bachelor Billionaire in Space. Mm. That'll be the new show. They go to the International Space Station. <laughs> or just to one of the space hotels. LUV in the ISS. Dang. Wow. Buy it from us, ABC. We own the intellectual property. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really get, I mean, anything. I didn't really write anything down about this. They didn't talk this. at all because they're just floating around. They didn't around. really talk. They're just floating around. And they Jordan get, they, is scared. He's really sweet, though. I think that he, you know, I think he's a sweet guy. I'd be scared. It's okay, well, Jordan. Would be. But yeah, we mostly just kind of see him do the the zero gravity kiss. We don't see any vomit or motion sickness happening. But they're both, you know, they both are used to moving fast. Well, I feel like this is how one on ones are going to look this season. Is that we're gonna see what they did and some occasional sentences. But it's not going to get as deep or look as meaningful as previous seasons. And, you know, that is how it's like on Joe Millionaire, too. 
And um, I know they're taking a lot of pages out of the playbook of Joe Millionaire. Mm. Um, but I, and it's like fun and fine. You get to see a lot of stuff happen because they don't go into detail of the dates. But it's also sad because you're like, <laughs> I don't feel like these people are actually building a connection because mm -hmm. I like they're not talking. But we're just not seeing it. So that's the hope is that it's still happening. Yeah. Um, but back with the rest of the men, we see a continuation of the storyline uh, of the group of guys from this episode, and it's Chris. Chris is being his, you know, life coach, uh, mentality coach, motivational speaker. He's just fitting into that role that is never, it's never key. I just want Chris to know that being an effective mentality coach does not mean lying to yourself. Yeah, he's coming out with that um, just way overconfidence. You know, guys, obviously, like, when it comes to the top four and, like, you know, I'm planning to be there. Uh, when it comes to fantasy suites, you know, which – and, you know, I think it's – he's allowed to have, like, his, you know, what he wants – from the person he's dating and you know it's the same thing that we saw with Susie where it's like hey if you slept with other people and I go last like it's going to be a problem for me because if we're dating you shouldn't like sleep with other people while we're dating um but you got to tell the lead that in advance and not surprise them with it at the end um and not expect them to be upset that you're upset because you didn't tell them this. Right. And but he's also, already like talking about it the second episode, which is right. weird. And don't do that. Don't like push it into the other guys' face because one, that's just not smart in terms of their perception of you and how they're going to portray you to the leads. But two, like this is uh, something you need to talk about one-on-one -on -one with Rachel or Gabby. And also... Maybe don't assume that you're going to be in the top four <laughs> and, yeah. you know, even worrying about this. So I just think the whole setup really made Chris uh, and his like very real like preferences and concerns seem like super whack. You know? Yeah, and he like kept using the word females, which in the context like just sounds so weird. Yeah, it, it, it sounds, sounds condescending, especially like the tone he uses. Yeah. And it's kind of like this, it's like a distancing word. Like instead of using their names or even saying the ladies, ladies or, or the leads or whatever, yeah. it's like the females. <laughs> it's right. like boiling them down it's to their like, most basic it's level. It's like biological, like I'm a male that is a female. We must mix our, you know, gametes or whatever to create offspring. It's like, <laughs> no one talks like that. Don't do I know. It. And it's, it's like, looks weird. maybe the fact that he's calling them females should signal to him that he shouldn't be talking about this right now because he doesn't even know which one he feels more strongly about to the point where he could see himself being in a fantasy suite with them. Like he's still at the point where he's grouping them together um, as females, <laughs> like just and saying what he's not going to do with females. It's like, boy, you are so far, far, far away from this point. And I guess he hasn't even really talked to either of them. 
um, even had like one conversation. Well, it's just kind of <laughs> self-evident that he's so great that they're going to like him so much. He doesn't even need to talk to them. He's just going to keep making it. It's just they're gonna know. not, not cool. No. Okay. But okay. As we were having this conversation and I was like, oh yeah, you got to look out for these life coaches, mentality coaches, motivational speaker types. Um, I realized and I remembered there's another life coach, an actual life coach, not a mentality coach, a life coach in the season. And so I was going back to look to who, at who it was. And hilariously, it's Quincy, who is the one who called Chris out right away. The uh, battle of like, the coaches. He's like, listen, dude, like we are these weirdos, life coach, mentality coach. Like you got to chill out. You can't make me look bad. Um, but no, Quincy calls out Chris um this is the difference up with what between a mentality coach and a life coach mentality is lying to yourself life coach is having your actions align with your vision (laughs) that just went way over my head (laughs) (laughs) didn't get that all okay all i'm saying is that because quincy's the life coach his approach to me comes off as more effective because it's a holistic approach to meeting your goals instead of like just a mentality shift that sometimes results in lying to yourself. Okay. I see your okay. eyes starting everywhere. Yeah, my eyes are glazing over. Oh. Uh, I'm sure someone understood that. Um, but Jordan H is getting in on the action um, and he's asking the real questions. You know, at what point are you going to tell them this? You know, you can't be withholding. He's like, this is what happened last season. <laughs> they were like talking about last season and like this situation. And this is why we have two batch threats. It's because this is what Clayton did. Um, so you kind of have to like not be a Susie and, you know, just wait to, you know, share this information uh, about what you value and what your parameters are. With the person that you're dating and maybe getting engaged to until after they've done something that they didn't know that you didn't want them to do. Yes. And obviously, obviously, it's, you know, the leads themselves should use some discretion when they've still got three people that they're with, like, you know, but whatever. Yeah. All things considered. But... Yeah, so that was back at the house. Um, but if we go back to the date, it's dinner time. They're in a, an opulent, opulent setting for dinner. Big, tall ceilings, thousand foot ceilings, sh- chandeliers, gold chairs, solid, I mean, solid gold chairs. We've talked about how it's so obvious that the Bachelorette has such a lower budget than the Bachelor. But this is the first season where I'm like, no, this feels like as much as they were spending on Clayton. Yeah, I mean they had to uh they had to save their pennies on the first group date so they could afford <laughs> this one-on-one. Fair. Uh, this doomed one-on-one. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, they just, you know, they have standard conversation. Jordan gets a chance to open up about his family. Um he, you know, has a younger sister and a younger brother. Um and so as the oldest when his parents got a divorce, um he kind of became kind of the communicator I think between his parents and his siblings I think is what I got it wasn't super clear but I assume that was the case um yeah and it's just kind of a bummer and it seemed like they were maybe starting to connect um but then when it came time near the end of their conversation again there wasn't really a lot that we saw um which is kind of hard because I think it's going to make you know, when they start making decisions about who they like and who they're clicking with, if we don't see very much, it's going to probably be hard for us to 
really get where they're coming, where the leads are coming from. Um, and so, you know, the classic, we get the classic Jordan is perfect, but, um, from Rachel and she kind of, instead of giving him a rose kind of stands up and excuses herself to go talk to a producer to be like, Hey, I know that these first one-on-ones are supposed to be, you know, slam dunks, great dates. Um, I'm just, I don't think that he's it and I'm already just feeling it in my gut and I don't think I want to keep him. I didn't expect this at all. No, me neither. I thought that they were going to be great yeah, together. I, I think something is going on in her head and I don't know what it mm, is because yeah. it seems like she should be jumping into the state even more so than usual because she just felt like she had such a crappy time at the group date after party. And nobody was there for her, but it's obvious that Jordan is there for her. Like, he could not have the same level of connection with Gabby. Like, there's just no way. That's true. And so... I haven't really seen them interact, but no, I would assume that that's the case. So, I'm just shocked because it seems like it was at least good enough to keep him around and, like, verify if the connection grows any further or not. Like, it wasn't so awful that you have to just, like cut them and you don't know what the other guys are like either like I understand when people have like pretty good looking one-on-ones but it's like top eight and you're like oh wow it's top eight and even though this was a good one-on-one like my connections are just so much stronger with others and so like I'm gonna let you go kind of like what happened to Clayton um (laughs) on Michelle's season but like this is the first one-on-one she has not had as much time with any of the other guys as she's having with Jordan right now. She does not know what her connection is like with them. And things are going well enough between her and Jordan. Like, how does she consider... Oops, sorry. Sound bite. How does she consider withholding a rose here? It's shocking. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a rose not given on the first one-on-one or even like the first two or three I feel like the earliest I can remember (laughs) um someone not getting a rose on a one-on-one um was I think it was was it Tasha? I think it was after Tasha came on um after Claire and Dale ran away um (laughs) and there do you remember Easy? Yeah I think he didn't get a rose on a one-on-one and, like, I think he – it was, like, kind of shocked him. I think he was feeling really good about it. Mm. Um, but I think it was, like, her first or second one-on-one coming in the middle of the season um, and, like, wasn't vibing. Or I think he, like, said something really weird and she just kind of, like, ended the date abruptly in the middle of dinner or something. Huh. But I feel like that one felt early. But, yeah, generally you don't start seeing it until mid-season. Right. So, yeah, when the standards, when they've elevated their standards or, like, the threshold of, like, you know, not standards, but, yeah, like, the threshold for, you know, the bar has been raised. Like, they're building deeper connections, and so you really have to be rising with that tide if you're going to continue to get one-on-one date roses. Yeah. But uh, Gabby has her first one-on-one date card arrive, and it says, Nate, meet me at my place. Love, Gabby. P.S. Bring a bathing suit. Yeah, Very casual date this card. seems like a much cheaper date. <laughs> I mean, they're breaking out the ABC Bachelor hot tub um, <laughs> that we've seen so many times. Well, I wonder it nice. if it's going to flip every week 
where like next week Gabby mm. will have the more indulgent date. Probably. That would be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's kind of, you know, Rachel ends up not giving the rose to Jordan. He takes it really well. He's super nice. Hopefully we see him on paradise. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a shock for the men when they, you know, and you also don't usually see the suitcases, like the luggage being pulled out and cause you know, no one ever gets sent home on these first dates, but they definitely had made a point to include the shot of them bringing his, you know, luggage out. Um, and then when they pulled it away, the men were just like so shocked. I don't think I've ever, it, they just like, I don't know. I guess it's a mix between later in the season when that happens, they're like closer friends with each other. And so there's that element of like sadness that their friend is leaving. But I think this was like a different type of like, oh my gosh, like no one ever goes home on the first date. What, what happened? Um, what went wrong? Um, and so that was, that was a pretty crazy moment. Yeah, I was shocked too. I mean, again, just completely doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Rip Jordan V. Yeah. I liked him. And no chance to connect with Gabby. Not that he would have, but. No, I'm trying to remember. Did I pick Jordan? Um, I feel like I picked Jordan on. Rose League? On Rose League. Maybe. You you be, You beat me. Um. Yeah, I did pick Jordan. Mm. Rip. Only four points. Join our Rose League so it's not just Zeke and I competing against each other. It's not. Is that, uh, no, I guess it's not for a podcast. I was looking at a different one. Darn. Oopsies. But it's just, it's okay. Um, but back to more surprises from our men. Nate gets ready for his date with Gabby. Sprays himself nine times with cologne. Absolutely bathes in cologne. I mean, he's probably smelling good, but maybe too good. Yeah, a little bit too much. Like, you don't want to... Do you do, like, two squirts? <laughs> What's yeah, like, standard? In, like, typically, you, like, don't you, like, put some on your wrist and then, That's like, perfume. <laughs> you do that with cologne? Probably. I don't know. I don't wear cologne. You should. I just, you know, I'll dab a little bit of extra deodorant on my neck. You know, <laughs> sometimes... You know, you just, you do it under your arms and then you just take it out and just go like tap it on your neck, you know? So it just is a little bit more, I don't know. OMG, you're my redneck prince. <laughs> redneck? You're ridiculous. I mean, I literally am redneck. You Quite you, literally. You have a redneck. Yes, I do. Oh my gosh, you use your deodorant to give the Well, it, no one has bought me cologne, even though I've been married for almost a year. Dang it. <laughs> it's as if our anniversary is coming up and I didn't buy that for you. Dang. Next time. Next time. Next you can time. do it on the perfume date or the perfume anniversary. Oh, yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. The cologne anniversary. <laughs> but in another round of shockingness, he just casually reveals that he's a dad. He's like, the state's got to go well because I hope Gabby's okay with the fact that I'm a dad. We're like, what, Nate? We did not hear this before. It wasn't, I don't think it was in his bio on ABC. Like, this I'm is a looking, total Because I didn't look at the bombshell. bios. So there's stuff. Yeah, it doesn't say anything in his bio about it. Total bombshell. I mean, I guess it gave it away when it says he doesn't do mosh pits in his fun facts. So oh, that's, totally. You know, only a dad wouldn't do mosh pits. Duh. Duh. Yeah. But, and maybe it's not him that enjoys an occasional gas station icy. Or maybe he enjoys those with his daughter. 
Aww, maybe maybe that's why relate. he likes them. Aww, always so, getting ices with my dad growing and up. And he's the full package, so I guess it's extra full since there's another person involved. Mm. Gotta reveal these things, but no. Um, you know, he gets kind of emotional about it, which, you know, of course, like you're away from your kid for gosh, who knows how long, like up to several weeks if you go far. Um, but he, okay, this was weird. There's obviously they're like getting used to how they're going to do this with two leads. But when he shows up for his date with Gabby, he shows up at their house, which is the location of their date. And Rachel's there just like in the kitchen. Hi. Wearing her robe, sipping some right. orange juice. It's just weird. Like, when he shows up for the date, it should just be Gabby. Like, Rachel shouldn't be awkwardly, like, third-wheeling the beginning of the date. No. Or, like, the arrival. Like, that's just weird. It's like when you show up to pick up someone and, like, their sibling is there. Well, I think weird. they're purposefully putting her through this misery so yeah. that she continues to, to foster insecurities yeah. because she gets this commentary about how she's like oh you can just see the way that gabby and nate look at each other like you can tell that they have a connection and i just haven't felt that yet like it didn't go well with jordan blah 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 and then she like sees them off on their helicopter ride that leaves from their house. Right. Another like missed opportunity for her to be in the sky. <laughs> right. Which I noticed immediately that I think we thought that we assumed that because of her like pilot situation on Clayton season that it made sense to take her um, to take her on the pilot on the on the helicopter. But of course, Clayton chose the woman he knew he wanted to end up with. And at the end on the first one on one. Which, rare W, maybe, for The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. I don't think she got the first... Im- Who got his first impression, Rose? Was it... Oh, Teddy did. Yeah. Oh, LOL, Teddy. Um, she went nowhere. But he didn't give it to her. But then he, um, you know, he took Susie on his first one-on-one. Which, maybe The Bachelor does that more. Maybe... Because I'm trying to think. Yeah, Nick took Vanessa on the first did one-on-one. Becca went with Ari well, on the first one-on-one. Did... Did Matt take Rachel on the first one-on-one? I don't think so. She got that later one with the shopping date. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. But, yeah, no, so they take off in the helicopter because it's the Bachelorette. They don't land on a yacht in the ocean. Um, they land on a random parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> but worry not because the ABC portable hot tub it's just steps it's away trusty. from the parking Sometimes lot. Sometimes it's in the woods in North Carolina or Pennsylvania, <laughs> wherever they filmed Pennsylvania, wherever they filmed Matt's season. Sometimes it's off the highway Sometimes in L.A. it's, yeah, in a parking lot up on some hill in L.A. Um, but, yeah, I see, like, again, you're totally right. Like, we're just kind of seeing them do this. We're getting, like kind of some of the behind the scenes, like their thoughts, kind of the, the talking head, whatever you call it, um, about what they're feeling, like, you know, the retrospectives, I guess is what those are called. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're getting some of those, but we're not really getting like the, a lot of moments of them like chatting and making connections. We're just kind of like seeing what they're doing and then hearing a couple bits about them. Yeah. Like talking about it after the fact. He does reveal to her that he's a dad and she takes that well yeah and it goes well and i think that he gets kind of emotional about how much he loves his daughter all that stuff but again nothing else really there 
but she really liked him they actually connected um and he gets the rose like that's kind of it yeah i mean it wasn't deep overall i still liked it it was good enough yeah Yeah, my standards are lower because i just already knew that we wouldn't get to see as much content from the dates on a season set up like this so i'm just like oh well this was good enough given the situation so yeah kudos yeah um but back at the mansion everyone's getting ready for the cocktail party and some spiciness is happening we see mario who got Gabby's first impression rose, mm. go after Rachel. Because surprisingly, he says he's still undecided. Um, and I would think that, you know, the men that get the first impression rose, it's kind of like, sorry, you really don't have a decision <laughs> anymore. Um, I mean, you do. Like, I think you should still, They should. we shouldn't like be down on them like there's two bachelorettes they get to pick i know but what i'm saying is like at least so far i feel like that's the ultimate dibs is like the first impression they have said over and over the first impression rose is a big deal and so i feel like you know gabby is not trying to go after tino as much as she is other guys because tino got rachel's first impression rose and that like is more powerful than soft dibs and vice versa. And so I think it makes it hard for the guys that got the first impression roses to connect with the other lead, even if they want to, because the other lead may be holding back more out of respect for, you know, the other. But this kind of breaks down because, you know, Rachel admits like, oh, she kind of feels bad because she doesn't want to step on Gabby's toes. But she still indulges Mario and has some laughs with him. He's like like, carrying her. Totally flirts. They're laughing kind of loud. We see kind of a shot of Gabby looking a little distracted because they're probably with an earshot and she can hear her laughing and... She's like, I think she's surprised. I think she's legitimately surprised because this is honestly the first like very clear example of some like toe stepping going on between the two of them. And I think that she didn't anticipate that it would be with her first impression rose recipient because that again, just feels more sacred um, and protected. And so I think she just is really surprised here. Um, and I don't know. We'll have to see if that kind of changes their dynamic. Yeah. Um, but next, um, Rachel plays some basket, some Tyler, who is the, the small business owner. It turns out his small business is some, uh, like carnival games. Um, and so they've got like a basketball shooting thing and they do that and have a kiss. Um, and you know, I think this kind of helped Rachel feel a little bit better about her prospects and, you know, having, feeling like she needed to send home her first one-on-one, um, she's really, really looking to try to bounce back from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got Gabby and Eric lounging. Lounging. Smooching. They're laying on the ground. On top of each other almost. Yeah. They're like horizontal. Yeah. Mm. Do you think that Gabby's connections are going to be more physical than emotional? I don't, I don't know. Or at least compared to Rachel or? I think they're both just very, um 
<laughs> Hands on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the word for it. Um, but alarm bells. Alarm, alarm. We've got our first union meeting of the season. Wow. Um, it's like Jordan and uh, Quincy. I don't even know who all. Starbucks is unionized. Congress has unionized. Why can't. Congress? Congressional offices, staffers. Oh, okay. Why can't the, uh, the bachelor, bachelor contestants. The men. The I men. The women aren't doing as much. It's really the men, the that, men. Are, that are unionizing. <laughs> Um, but we've got the, also the first in this union meeting, an immediate accusation about someone's character. So we're just hitting all the high, we're hitting all the standard notes here. Man. Um, but they're, you know, they're concerned about what Chris has been saying and, you know, rightfully so. Um, and I think if they've been watching, they've seen how effective, you know, getting, getting a key group together has been and just, you know, getting rid of the toxic people. Um, you know, it worked with what's his face with Michelle, uh, Jamie, man, my, my name recall is, I'm surprised how much I'm remembering these names. Um, but it worked. They got rid of Jamie last season. So we're going to have our first early situation. Um, Quincy makes quite the statement here, which I don't know, maybe, maybe we agree, maybe, um, where he says, if you overhear something in the house and you don't tell them, it's basically like you're keeping secrets from your wife. <laughs> I guess uh, you never know if one of them could end up as your wife. So it's better to just be honest from the beginning. Yeah. No, and I mean, I, I get what he's saying. It's just I thought it was funny um, because it's like, okay, you've known her for two days. Sometimes life coaches have to make bold statements to inspire action, Zeke. Yeah, no, I think that's probably what going what's going on. Um, but yeah, so they, they kind of get together. I don't even think they confront him again. They just get together and, you know, pump each other up to, to go tell. <laughs> uh, to get the nerf to tell Rachel and Gabby to be snitches. Um, but yeah, they they do not like what they hate, what they hear from the guys. Um, and they go confront Chris. He does his... He does what they always do and try to kind of, tries to wriggle out of it and it comes off kind of condescending and just not great. Um, and they call him out. They're like, you are condescending. Yeah. Like, it's so obvious, his tone and everything. And so they're not having it. Yeah. And so they just basically, which I love um, when we get to see the like behind the scenes stuff with all like the cameramen and producers standing around and you get like shots of them like walking walking around and like I just I love I love kind of seeing how the sausage is made but anyway so I think we just we got to see some of that in the situation which I always like they send him away he kind of just keeps walking in a loop and comes back through a different entrance of the house to try to like confront the guys who told on him um and he does it so weird he's like Hayden, come here. Okay, where's Quincy? And then he, he gets like six guys together. He's like, raise your hand if you were talking about me. And then like only three of them raised their hands. So he like didn't even get, he like cast a white net and then caught the guys that he wanted. I think he was pretty drunk. He seemed like kind of out of really? it. Yeah, he seemed like he was, I don't know. He didn't seem to quite have it all together, I thought. Um, and you know, was just kind of acting impulsively like you sometimes do. Um, 
But then like the the ladies hear him and just like storm right up and are just like, not nah, uh-uh, get out of here. Like we, we told you to leave. What are you doing here? You're not allowed to be here anymore. Like, bye, sir. <laughs> um, so I don't know that, I mean, we've seen contestants come back, um, but usually in a way that like the lead likes it and is like about it. And this was like much too quick. They He didn't give... He didn't give them time to to reflect on the obvious mistake that they made in, in sending him away. Obvious. Obvious, clearly, because he's clearly going to be in the top four. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. No, then, so then he's gone for good, hopefully. Um, he'll, hopefully he'll be on Paradise. That'll be fun. That was so funny. I don't think, you know, usually the when the guy comes back to do the confrontation, he gets a lot more time talking to the other guys and, like, yelling it out and um you know just leaves or whatever or they have to go grab the leads again to like tell them about it but Rachel and Gabby just like cut in after less than 30 seconds and they're like we're gonna break this up no time for anybody to say anything more no time for Chris to explain himself you're done and I was like you guys go catch him yeah shut that down um, but of course, then that spells the end of the cocktail party. Guys are annoyed, um, ultimately, just at the situation, probably. You know, maybe they'll harbor a little bit of resentment towards the guys who brought it up in the first place. And it didn't seem like it took that much time, but maybe it took a lot more time than what we saw. Um, yeah. So who knows? And, you know, it affects their mentality. Yeah. It <laughs> and really there's does. no mentality coach to help them anymore. And so the girls just, like, can't continue. (laughs) Yeah. And so what you've got is this, like, going into a rose ceremony and probably, like, a third of the guys still haven't probably had one-on-one time with either woman. Because, you know, if you've got more than half starting the episode and then you have, like, a nothing um, group date where they don't actually get to have one-on-one conversation and then, like, the six guys that went after the party like three of them were guys that definitely talked to them so you've probably got like still 10 or 12 guys who haven't maybe talked to them um although who knows how long the cocktail party is i don't know but some of them say we still haven't kind of talked to them um which is a bummer so we learned that they um kind of starting we're kind of starting to see maybe how they're going to approach it or at least their first their first stab at like how to do a rose ceremony with two leads um they i guess got together and decided jointly who the roses were going to go to so it's not like this rose is from rachel it's from the both of them although it does seem like they did it in such a way that they each got to give roses to the ones that they've been vibing with um in particular i think they just didn't want to narrow things down too early and um didn't also want to like give the guys any super clear ideas about where they stood um just so that the guys would like not uh close in on one of them too soon I don't know I don't know what their total intention was but it seems like some of the guys did not get the memo about how the roses were from both of them because you've got um the Clayton lookalike guy Ryan Ryan, Ryan saying yeah. like I won't even accept a rose from Gabby blah 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 yeah, and it's like that was spelled out pretty clearly 
It's like she's just handing it to you. Yeah, it's mean. from both of them. But also, like, this is a total 180 because literally we've only seen him really talk to Gabby. They had, like, the first major flirt on last week's episode over like boston accents and so i was totally shocked to hear that he's like now all in on rachel um but anyway so that's so it doesn't go the message doesn't go through to all the guys yeah so the rose ceremony um already with roses are logan um nate and johnny so the three of them already have roses they're safe um but then the roses go to jason even Eric, Zach, Jordan, Quincy, Michael, Tino, Jacob, Tyler, Termaine, Hayden, Meatball, Kirk, Spencer, Alec, Ethan, and Mario. There's still way too many people here. Oh, yeah. I think they should have cut like four more at least. Yeah, there's just still not going to be super meaningful interactions on next week's group date or dates. Yeah, although seems like with the preview, maybe it seemed. Do you think that? Do you think they would split it? Like, but then you would have to do. It still doesn't solve the problem of time and us getting to like see the connections form. Right. Um, but it does seem like probably in a few weeks they're gonna like. It's gonna be too much to like have both of them, and they're gonna like make the guys pick. So maybe they want more guys to be around for when that happens. So like they have it in their minds that they know what they want to what's gonna happen. Yeah. Since it seems kind of predictable that that's how it would go. Do you I, know anything about like people? Yeah, there's gotta be some um either implicit or explicit like um hurting of the groups at some point. Especially if you're gonna like have a traditional ending where there's hometowns and fantasy suites and you're only doing right. those things with, with one. one. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think cause yeah, that's where it really starts to break down where it's like, it doesn't make sense to have hometowns where both people where everyone is there for both of the women. Like I think by then you've got to have decisions. Yeah, for sure. Commitments. So yeah. And that's basically the episode. Um, I think that we've maybe seen, um oh i guess what's our we have a final rose is yeah, that okay final rose. yeah so i think my final rose is that i think that we at this cocktail party at the beginning with mario i think that that is kind of a window into who's gonna be some late season some late season villainry i think we're gonna see some some scheming and shenanigans from mario trying to court the both of them um and so yeah look out for mario I think he might be some trouble. Yeah, I think that that is a good prediction. I'm feeling, you know, uncertain vibes about Logan as well. Um, And, you know, he is going after both of the girls pretty hard and pretty effectively, (laughs) too. And so that can present some issues. Um, But overall, my final rose is that I just don't think the girls got any sort of meaningful time with any of the guys besides Jordan and um, Nate on this this week because there were just too many of them. And so if this is the 
blueprint for how they operate a two lead season where they've got a huge group date with both Rachel and Gabby present and then one-on-ones for each of them. I just don't know how anybody is going to stand a chance that doesn't get a one-on-one either next week or the week after. Um, So I just think that that's I don't know that that's the best setup, but well, I think the problem is, I mean, I kind of agree, but I think part of the problem is more the presentation. Like we just don't have time to see all the connections that they're yeah. making. And so I think it's going to be more just like difficult to understand the connections that they say that they have because we just haven't seen very much of it. Yeah. Like it's still happening. I mean, I think at, like at the cocktail party and on the group date situations, if you think about it, because there's two of them and there's multiple people, they have just as much time to talk to everyone as you do in a regular season. So like you, you can still talk to the same number of people in the same amount of time. It's just, there's, it's happening like simultaneously. Um, but we just, we can only see half as much from each per like from each person. So I think that, and then I guess, yeah, if there's only one one one-on-one for each of them, there will be, that will start to be an issue. Um, but yeah, so I think that probably the disconnect will be more that we're not seeing as much as is happening as we're used to. Uh, and so that'll be kind of difficult uh, for us to really understand um, the connections that they do ma- start making because they will, you know, they will. Mm-hmm. They're not going to just like have a total dud of a season and then air it. Right. Maybe they would because it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts too. And, um, Rate us, share us as we go into the third full week of The Bachelor Regrets. We're so grateful that you listened to In It For The Long Haul with Zeke and Lexi Hall. We'll see you next week.